racism because they will continue to do so as long as people like Blinken are calling genocide on China when when it's not happening, when people um, in in his administration is talking about beefing up the budget to $27 billion on our defense to to fight China's 300 uh, 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 weapons against um, uh, nuclear weapons against our our, uh, we have 5,800, right, or something like that, and we still need another, you know, $27 billion to steal more. As long as Judge, how can there be peace? We are, Judge, I'm sorry to say we are out of time, but I, I can tell you sure. we're grateful. The listeners, I'm sure, are grateful. KJ, you know, we're going to keep this uh, subject open. Obviously, I thank both of you for joining us on Flashpoints. We are smack against the clock. Both of you, uh, I am grateful. Please be careful. possible by KBU member listeners and support from PDX Pendable Stage and Studio Supplies. PDX Pendable sells and rents to film and theater productions, from gel and globes to paint and lights, featuring the latest airy LED lighting. More information available at 503-887-5880 and at PDX Pendables. The following program is a special encore rebroadcast for these unique pandemic times. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred and are no longer relevant. Thank you for tuning in to KBOO Portland. I'm Dime Roberts, stage and studio. You're listening to a song being sung by my guest today. It's called Disappearing, and it's from the new musical, The Pursuit of Happiness, written by the talented Ernie LaJoy. We were 16 years old in a park in a clearing of trees We were young and alive and afraid hoping nobody sees Both of us timid and both of us tense Suddenly everything all making sense You and I face to face With my back to the fence And the fit of your coat And the shape of your chin And the lump in my throat And the tone of your skin And your hand on my back And the slowing of time And my limbs going slack And this feeling like I Disappearing, disappearing For that one perfect moment of life When the doubt melts away And la- 
last time in my life I thought I'll be okay. This impassioned song is performed beautifully by actor and singer Alec Lugo. Alec graduated from Pacific University in theater and film just four years ago, but already he's made an impact on Portland theater. He was in the Drammy Award-winning production of Cabaret, performing the role of Clifford Bradshaw at Fuse Theater Ensemble. He's a marketing staff member at Bag and Baggage Productions and is an ensemble member of Fuse Theater and the Outright Theater Festival, where he also does marketing work. That's also how I got to meet him, actually, was through Cabaret. Uh, And uh, it's so good to actually talk to you again, Alec Lugo. I want to welcome you to Stage and Studio. But I believe this is the first time you've been on the show. Yes. Yeah, this is the first time I've been on Stage and Studio. Thank you so much for for having me. And it's just good to see you again after, uh, you know, so much time of not seeing a whole lot of people, to be frank. (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. And I really enjoyed listening to you and watching you in the video that Fuse Theater Ensemble did of the musical Pursuit of Happiness by Ernie LaJoy. You just sung it so beautifully. What was it like to film and to sing Ernie's lovely song? I mean, especially after all the shutdowns, because that came out when, like, last May, I believe. Yeah, we actually produced that as a part of the Outright Theater Festival 2020, And we had planned to produce the full show in this season. Plans, I was already designing posters and artwork, and we were already working on press releases, and we had just finalized the cast, and then the shutdowns happened. And like many people, we had to pivot and shift. We were still dedicated to wanting to produce the show in some capacity, in some way, and the the festival as a whole, actually. And so thanks to people who are are very creative and 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 a lot a whole bunch of them mostly rusty tenant who they are just an incredibly creative entity and curated uh, a new season that was not only to address the lockdown issue uh, but also to address the rise in the black lives matter protests uh, and wanting to provide a more equitable space in how Confuse provide more opportunities for black and brown artists to perform in this festival. And we even went so far as to sort of incorporate some of the programming that we had originally intended to produce for Outright 2020 and then and then adding in new things as we saw necessary. Um, we all felt safe uh, enough to be able to have maybe two or three people spaced out in a room at a time in order to record that. Uh, you may have noticed, Dime, in the video, there is our accompanist, Mac Castellic, who is behind me, who is masked, and who is uh, providing live accompaniment for that song. And then we also had Rusty in the room. Uh, we had Ernie joining us. So we actually managed to keep it below five people. And we have all been self-quarantining. Many of us got COVID tests, even in the sort of early days when they weren't as readily provided. So we wanted to make sure we were being as safe as possible. But the song that is featured in the video that I'm in is called Disappearing. And it was there from the beginning. Um, And it's a very powerful piece um, featuring one of the characters from the show. And uh, Clark is revealed to be uh, a closeted homosexual man who is reliving his trauma of being assaulted. And as a result of that assault, um, 
Clark was sent to a gay conversion therapy program. So they send you our way where you pray to be healed and the lies become truth and the truth is concealed and that part of yourself by the fence in the field well he never stood up and he never moved on he just fades out of view until one day he's gone till this pillar of lies that you're standing up on all comes crashing down all around and you find yourself back in the park by the fence on the the music is so lovely, but also the subject matter is so pertinent. It's almost like a juxtaposition of this this beautiful, poignant song and then really talking about something so graphically violent. And I hope that it gets produced. Yeah, we we know that it will be at some point. You know, when, when, whenever that happens to be, we'll be there. We'll be there to produce it. As we're talking, my Thanksgiving was kind of a quiet one. I imagine it was for most everybody. Hopefully it was a safe one and healthy one. It's kind of a milestone, you know, going through these holidays now. It's like it will be remembered decades from now. Yeah. I mean, I think about I'm uh, 26 and I think this is probably the most significant event that I can personally claim as impactful on my life in the way that it is. I know for many people, the events of like the 9-11 terrorist attacks stick out as a very universal experience for a lot of people. I was very young at the time. And since then, I've become more and more attentive and aware of the world as it happens. And so there are plenty of things happening in the world that bring communities together and feel um, very poignant on, on that level. But certainly, I think starting in 2016 with the presidential election and then kind of following through to that and then this is kind of the the buildup of of everything that makes it all so poignant and memorable in my mind i can tell you um i can i can just as much easily tell you what i've done for this entire quarantine as much as i could tell you i have no idea what i've done because days blend into each other but they are pinpointed by milestones of things like how did we produce this theater and how did i manage to get through this and what new things did I learn about myself or did I learn about my community or and I've always thought of it in a sense of like I don't think anybody needs to write their the novel they've been waiting to write during this time I don't think that that's fair to say I saw this really hilarious but hilarious in quotation marks image of a person who is out on a boat in the middle of a turbulent sea and it's raining and there's thunder and it's it's incredibly disheartening and dismaying and the caption underneath is ah yes time time to finish that novel and it is very much how it feels sort of right now like we're at a very turbulent time emotions are very high and people are restless and we're we're stuck in this weird transition period between wanting to return to a way of life that feels available to us and then also transitioning into having new conversations and maybe realizing things about ourselves and our culture that we frankly have been a little sleepy to myself included i i have to face those things every day it's so hard to to sort of want to rejoin my industry and my community and and not acknowledge the fact that i've changed or that i haven't thought about things and and you can see that in 
people in individuals in our art um in our politics and our government i think that everyone has been affected by this in case you just joined us i'm dma roberts stage and studio my guest is actor and singer alec lugo and if you missed any of this show, I'll have the podcast at stageandstudio.org or kibu.fm slash stageandstudio. And I agree that this is a time of introspection and um, really working on ourselves more than anything else because that's all we can really. And and I've noticed that uh, for myself, there's been a decrease of stress, which I've really liked. You know, the other the stress is going out, you know, and being worried about what, you know, what, what might you bring back with you that's certainly a stressor but other than that um yeah it's been really uh actually good in many ways to do that kind of self-work and self-introspection and and just kind of calm things down as much as you can in your home life i i also have this <laughs> thought that you know it's going to be maybe until next spring hopefully or or so um at when you start entering the world again, you know, at large, and I'm going, everybody's going to look at each other going, God, you've gotten older. (laughs) (laughs) Because we haven't seen each other in so long. I mean, mean, well, I mean, two years is, 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 I mean, it's so weird. Two years feels like both a lot of time and also not, not like anything. I mean, we're already what the, we had here in, we're in Portland. We've been in shutdown for uh, nine months and gosh, if that isn't just three fourths of a year, and it feels as if though it was just summer the other day, part of that introspection has also been like, this is a, an interesting time to just like see exactly how much nine months takes you, you know, like, what things do you think about? What kind of time does it take to incubate a thought? What kind of time does it take to incubate a motivation or a plan of action to do something that you want to do? whether or not that's in an organization or on a sort of administrative level or even just personally I really liked what you said about like I have felt so little I have felt not so little but like certainly a decrease in a certain kind of stress that was associated with my life when I was hustling to auditions and rehearsals and callbacks and trying to learn new music and trying to get in you know my time to practice voice lessons and exercise and eat you know, in a way that I wanted to serve my needs and combine all that with an eight hour workday, you know, at my job. And I was not taking care of myself. I was very much self-sacrificing myself for the benefit of my career, of other people, of, 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 of things that aren't even tangible, of like thinking I need to do this, otherwise I'm unproductive and therefore I am... (laughs) you know for to to not put it so harshly but worthless you know what worth do I have if I'm not working constantly you know and doing things and I think that that is if depending on how far you want to get into this conversation of like that is very indicative of us living in a capitalistic culture that places a value statement on how much the worker produces and how much we expend ourselves and if we volunteer our time i think we do that in the theater community though too i mean maybe more so than other people like there's sometimes a badge of pride that gets worn about like oh yes i you know i work i i do all this rehearsal and then i have an audition that i have to go to that's like 40 miles away and then in the evenings i still have to send a bunch of you know notifications and emails to other you know prospective you know jobs and it it, it, 
it, it's just exhausting. And we used to wear it as a badge of honor because we had nothing else or we, you know, felt as if though in the theater industry that's normalized or even in arts industries that's normalized. And it's very, it's, it's very distressing. And the more I calm down, yeah, the more I calm down, the more I sort of learn to let go of not feeling like I wasn't doing anything because in all reality, if you are resting, that is something like closing your eyes and breathing or you're sitting in a place of existential dread do what you need to do for yourself and cultivating those habits and that way of thinking right now is i think what is is sort of the cornerstone of my focus is i want to be able to return to whatever industry we have as as ready as i can to serve it the best way that i can you know whether or not that means i get to continue being an actor and a singer and a dancer and and, and be in musicals and shows that would be wonderful I would love that and I and I and I don't think I'll ever stop doing that but I, I I've often described myself as like a chameleon I'll walk into an audition room and in a room full of white people I stand out as sort of the one person who might have a smidgen of anything else but in a room full of people of color I look like the white passing person and 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 I can't help it I can't do anything about it there's nothing I could walk into that room and speak full-blown Spanish and start, you know, spouting off, you know, whatever. And sometimes it still wouldn't do a thing. And sometimes people would still be all like, oh, well, you know, it, you, you, your Spanish sounds very much like white, like you learned it and it's not cultural. And I'm just like, who are you to say that, you know? But at the same time, like, do I need to be a person who, you know, steps aside and maybe speaks on different topics or assumes different roles or has conversations surrounding equity or diversity or needs to advocate for other people who can't advocate for themselves. I want to be as well rested in myself so that I know that I can do whatever job that is as best as I can. I agree with that. And I think you're right that busyness is normalized. So is stress, you know, that that's, oh, everybody sort of laughs that off um, in theater and also being sick is normalized and accepted and I hope that changes too because I don't think there's a need to be sick and have everybody in your cast and crew sick you know I don't think there's a need for that but that's normalized you know like ha 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 you know I was in a production of Mary Poppins with Northwest Children's Theater which was a wonderful show and I very much enjoyed working with them and on that show it's probably one of my favorite shows I've ever done I got to play the the role of Bert the chimney sweep and uh, that was in the winter season and the winter season brings with it uh, the flu and other kinds of cold and I very much like a person who was like I'm far too busy I can't do it did not get my flu shot and I caught the flu the story goes we spent tech week all the way up to getting the show up on its feet and with that production we also had several school shows come in in the morning this was when I was working a part-time job so I would get up and arrive at the theater at like nine in the morning and we do the show at 10 or 10 30 and then I'd be done and then I'd have to go to my job in the afternoon and work until like five and then get home and rest as much as I could and that show was physically exhausting I was climbing all over the place I was tap dancing I was running I was doing quick changes it was insane and by the time we got up to opening night and then opening weekend by the time we did our last show on Sunday we had celebrated our opening weekend and we had a little we had a little party and a get together uh, and I was kind of feeling a little exhausted and I was like oh I'll just go rest it'll be fine went home had some dinner woke up the next day and I was out 
of commission. We had a three-day interlude in between that weekend and the next weekend of shows. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have any school shows in the morning, but I was done. I was My voice was out. I was aching and shaking and shivering. And I was like, I have to perform in three days. So I just chugged all sorts of supplements and and tried to make myself feel better, believing and, and, and getting into that sort of idea of believing that it's okay to be sick, believing that it was like somehow my fault of like, I should have taken care of myself better. There's something I could have done. The anxiety of being like, I'm going to show up on Thursday and not have the best performance and, and, and be very cautious of not wanting to get my cast members sick, even though the show must go on, right? And I think right now we're experiencing a time where sickness is, is, some, is a topic that cannot be ignored. Uh, and I think we're living in a very new world where sickness carries with it a, an entirely new idea of like, okay, everyone, we really need to take this seriously. Well, and you're young. And so uh, the differences too is that when you are older, you know, something as simple as the flu can be deadly, just yeah. just as deadly. Well, not as deadly, but pretty sure, deadly. Yeah. It, so it can be a danger. It can yeah. be a danger. So I, I want to actually just ask you, you grew up, I don't know, uh, in Hawaii, in the big I island. Did. And yes. your dad works with Aloha Theater. So he does. Dad... He's, he's a volunteer there. He, he helps build sets. He works there uh, very often as an actor. How influential was, you know, that kind of upbringing to you becoming an actor? You know, because not a lot of people have that. My dad takes after me. And uh, my dad did Reader's Theater when he was in college. But when we were growing up, uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of artistic influence until I was maybe about 11. I knew that I definitely enjoyed watching Disney musicals and I was very I was very attuned to the theatrics. But when we moved to Hawaii, we went to go see a production of Romeo and Juliet. And then we saw a production of Little Shop of Horrors. And I tugged my dad uh, as an 11 year old on his shirt sleeve. And I said, I want to do that. And so I went and so he was like, all right. And so he took me to an audition and I auditioned for a Christmas Carol and I got in and the rest is history. And then I kept doing Aloha Theater for years and until I graduated high school. And then once I graduated high school and I left the island, there was sort of a big hole in the theater that needed to be filled of there, there were there was a season there where I was in every show that season as an after school curricular. Um, it was a community theater. It was not associated with any school. My school didn't have like, you know, quote unquote, sophisticated art programs, uh, mostly just clubs and things like that. But the theater was the one place where I found that. So when I left, there was a hole there that wasn't being filled by our family. And my and my dad missed it. Um, he missed driving me to the theater every day. He missed the people there. And so he kind of started off with small things. He'd volunteer to be an usher. Or he'd volunteer to do carpentry. He he works in, in construction and carpentry. And uh, <laughs> he then auditioned for things and he got into things. And he met his new wife through that, who is actually the managing director of that theater. And the funny part I love to say is that I knew her before he did. Um, so really, if he wants to, you know, if he ever wants to thank me for his for his uh, for his new lovely marriage, I always say, like, you can you can make your checks out to me. <laughs> um, and he now is a regular there. And obviously his wife is the managing director. So he's always keeping up with the work that's going on there. He's even been in some digital productions as we've been in this new COVID time. He was in a virtual production of the Laramie Project where he did a very important role. And it was very emotional for me to watch my father doing that show because he has a, it's a very sordid history with my family and the accepting of people who are homosexuals and of different sexualities. And I think this kind of comes full circle in our story of like 
You know, I don't know what my life might have been like if I hadn't joined theater and my father had seen and been around people who were so divergent from the norm in our primarily, you know, my father was raised Catholic and, you know, we were in some ways influenced by that, but it all changed, I think, when I when I started doing theater. And so doing a song like Disappearing that describes an experience where trauma is so prevalent in a lot of our lives. And I think doing pieces like that reveal more and more of yourself to maybe the people who need a little bit of that handholding, people like maybe my father, which then probably influenced him to do a show like Laramie Project. And and you just change the culture of, of your family and, and your industry and your theater and, and your world, you know? I really appreciate you telling me that story. And I know that your family has been hard hit by COVID too, with, with your Abuelita passing too. And, and, and I, you know, I, it really makes me feel grateful that that hasn't happened to my family, but also to hear you talk about your father, just the way you did is, is, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's very emotional. And I really appreciate you sharing that today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for for letting me tell it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I we're going to go out with more of the song that you were singing at the beginning of the show, um, uh, uh, Ernie LeJoy's uh, Disappearing from the Pursuit of Happiness. Um, I really appreciate, you know, this conversation, and you have really come a long way, I think, too, just personally, too. You know, you look great. You've been working out. You've been paying attention to yourself. I hope that you can maintain that once you get back into that crazy theater world, I don't think it needs to be so crazy. So maybe this is one good thing we can all work on is, you know, making it more sane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. I certainly hope so. I know for me, I know for me, the priority is going to be my health and my life because it's my life and, and my, and my sanity, my, my mental state on the line. And I think that as long as I keep that as a priority, no matter what comes up, I'll, I and hopefully we will be able to face it, you know. I have so much faith in your generation, Alex. So, you know, you you do that because I think you can do it. Um, Alec Lugo, thank you for joining me today on stage and studio. What a pleasure to have this conversation with you and to actually, you know, sit down, even though we're virtual, you know, with each other and, and have this these few moments. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dime, for inviting me. It's so lovely to see you again. It's great to see you. <laughs> so I'm going out with uh, uh, Ernie LeJoy's uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, sung by Alec Lugo. That's it for Stage and Studio. You can hear this show again at stageandstudio.com or kboo.fm slash stage and studio. And you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, like us on facebook.com slash stage, the letter N studio. Till next time, I'm Dime Roberts. So they send you our way where you pray to be healed and the lies become truth and the truth is concealed and that part of yourself by the fence in the field well he never stood up and he never moved on he just fades out of view until one day he's gone till this pillar of lies that you're standing upon all comes crashing down all around and you find yourself back in the park by the fence on the the scene of the crime a 
of a brutal attack where you're frozen in time with the food on your back and the blood on your coat and the tear in your skin and the hand on your throat but it's time to begin reappearing reappearing and start clearing away all those decades of doubt and unease It's time to stand up and break free. But a part of me might always be sixteen years old in a park in a clear. Have you gotten your flu shot? It's never too late to protect yourself, your family, and your community against the flu. This year, it is more important than ever. Black and African Americans, people of color, pregnant people, people without health insurance or a regular health care provider, people with pre-existing conditions like asthma, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease, and people 65 and older are encouraged to get a flu shot. Multnomah County Health Department and Portland Community College are hosting a free weekly drive-through flu vaccine and COVID-19 testing clinic that will be held every Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. until March 31, 2021 at PCC's Cascade Campus, Parking Lot 1, located at 701 North Jessup Street in Portland. Entrance is on North Albina Street. You can drive through, bike through, or walk up to. To reserve an appointment for a flu shot or COVID test, call 503-988-8939. That's 503-988-8939. This campaign is a project of the racial and ethnic approaches to community health and the Communicable Disease Services programs. It is made possible with funding from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. More information can be found at kbu.fm on the right side of the homepage under Public Service Announcements. Connect with your favorite community radio station on social media. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash kboomradio. And follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash kboo. We also have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash kboo radio. We also provide content to the free music archive. An interactive library of high-quality legal audio downloads. That's at freemusicarchive.org slash curator slash kboo. You can find all this and more on the kboo website, kboo.fm. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Community Radio, KBOO, Portland. When you wake up on the sea, be sure to think of me and you. To think about paint and to think about blue, what a jolly boring thing to do. Andy Warhol looks a scream.
My name is Joseph Gallivan, and you're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland.